disciples, my miners of intelligence on the quest for higher consciousness, it's inquisitive minds. I got to start the show off by saying I apologize on the late release. Um, I'm going to have to make a few changes because my life's a little bit crazy right now. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do this bi-weekly until I figure out the nuts and the bolts of what's going on and how to do this and how to get better until I get a higher self-efficacy in broadcasting my consciousness stream to you guys. Today we have my buddy Ian Scriven. Yep. Got it right, right on. Uh, this is going to be technically guest two. I recorded another one with a really good friend of mine, Andrew Allen, who moved to Colorado. We talked about networking, but I got kind of cold feet at the end because I just didn't think it was my best work. I'm sort of a perfectionist. I don't know where the hell that came from, but it just all of a sudden showed up. I, it's probably because I'm very passionate about this. Right. Yeah, this this show. But we've got a lot of things to talk about. We're probably going to end up talking about race, the police, whether or not we should fuck them or not. No. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, the, there's a lot of things we need to talk about today uh, with what's going on in our society. So uh, give it up for you. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm uh, happy welcome to be to the, here. Yeah, no, this show, is great. Man. I'm uh, I've been listening to podcasts for a long time, so like this is just uh, is a dream come true to be able to actually like be a part of it. You know, just see you doing this has been really cool. Yeah, man, we have a sort of a weird. Real, honestly, I don't really know you. That right? Yeah, we, well. we had the class we, together in the fall. Yeah, thing. we see each other in the in the in the gym a lot, and but it's kind of weird. Um, in my experience with like you. You know certain people are on right. a level. Like, I don't know how, but I could tell, you know, when I first saw this, right. I don't like this dude. Yeah. He had a really strange sense of humor. Right, you yeah. You could dig that. Yeah. And then you're always in the gym, so that's a mm -hmm. that's another another plus. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people like that who all, all, you just sort of know them from around, especially being on, like, a campus. A lot of people your age, you can kind of tell just based on things like clothes or just seeing people in classes, you pick up those vibes from people definitely energy is a huge one and also your eyes are open i mean a lot there's a lot of drones mm -hmm. a lot of robots right. so to yeah. speak in this world where they you know they go they go to school they get their degree but they they don't really yeah cherish or take advantage of right a lot of the things college has to offer and i could tell when yeah I yeah i mean i think about that a lot with uh, a lot of people that you just see day to day and then you see other people in the news and you sort of think okay why are they processing their life in this way? It doesn't seem like they're taking in the full picture. It seems like they're going through these motions. Um, and you don't know if really, it, are they going to reach the goals that they actually want to reach? Are they really going to be happy? Or are they going to feel like they're happy based on what a societal expectation of happiness is? Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I try not to blame those people because I don't think that they consciously are doing it. I think they're just trying to be happy. They're just trying to find love in the only way that they really know how so but at the same time it is it's disconcerting when you see people sort of sheepishly following certain ideals without really questioning them. oh man yeah i, I like we t when we first spoke you know i, I said i, I want to live my life on the bleeding edge mm -hmm. of free will and yeah. Uh, I'm trying to do a podcast. This is my dream. Mm -hmm. I will be on the Joe Rogan show at some point yeah, in my life. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Uh, it's been an inspiration to see you do this. It's and been nice. There's a lot of quirks, a lot of things that need to be adjusted, and I need to get better at this. But th right now, like sitting down, mm -hmm. talking with you, we're about to have a, having a great conversation. Right, yeah. This is, in my opinion, living the dream, my yeah. friend. So what? Real quick, I'm gonna just <laughs> drop a bomb on you. Yeah. What do you? What in your life is the bleeding edge of free will, and how would you interpret that? Like, so by free will, do you mean like the ability to make your own decisions in regards to pretty much everything you everything do? Everything and happiness, like. 
What would you do? Hmm. What would make you? Oh, what would make me yeah. happy? A lot of people let things right hold them back. Their friends, bad influences, right. Parents, their past, you past, know, maybe yeah. past trauma and whatnot. Right. So in your like, yeah. Well, yeah. So here's the thing. Um, seeing you go forward with this podcast, really. I mean, I love the design you got. You got the song queued up and everything. That just like it, it's very well done so far. Um, and it's it's been an inspiration. I I've been really into comedy, things like that, and humor. Uh, I find that's the easiest way for me to express myself a lot of the times. Um, and so I've been really into stand up comedy, watching sketch comedy, improv comedy, just different forms of humor. And so I think for me to really Right now, what I think would make me the happiest would be to f- pursue that as a passion, maybe start doing stand-up comedy. But it's it's a scary thing because the more I realize I'm into it, the more I think, okay, if I really am to pursue this 100%, it, it's, there's going to be some risk involved. There's, well, the, the, higher, the higher the risk, the greater the reward, right. also the greater the fall. Right, and the only failure would be to not try, oh, yeah. and that's, that's the hardest part. You know, you, you know what I love about comedy? Um, and there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot, tons of comedians. Oh, yeah. I think the there's comedians, so many different variations. some of the, the best time, the best time for stand up, mm-hmm. especially with all the open platforms and you know, right. with Netflix, Netflix specials, right. and the internet, podcasting. And podcasting. I listen to so many different variations of comedy podcasts that are just, they range from philosophical to just silliness. I love no. Bill Burr's podcast. Yeah. He's oh, yeah. Great, it's fantastic. But it's the truth. Right. Like, I I find, like I've listened to numerous comedians and I haven't yeah. necessarily laughed all that much. I mm-hmm. just love hearing what they have to say. They're making observations right. on realities or certain mm-hmm. weird weird things that right yeah in the life. absurdity of life exactly uh, just sort of questioning all the things like we were talking about that people can kind of sheepishly sort of get into the pattern of just following without really thinking about it. And if you sort of take that second to stop and look at it from a different perspective. Um, you can find the humor in a lot of situations. Sometimes it's a little inappropriate, but that's very subjective and uh, it can or, vary. Or is it appropriate? I mean, right. because it's just a word, just words, right? right there are exactly. certain words that have more power than right. other words. And I don't know, like, like fornication under the king. Evidently, I don't know if that's entirely true for fuck. Fornication under the king or something. Wow, I've or, never heard that. Or, or consent of the king or something like wow, that. Wow, yeah. I don't know if that's entirely true. We'd mm-hmm. have to Google that. But we don't yeah. have the third person yet on the podcast. Yeah, not look, yet. Look stuff up. <laughs> um, or, but I mean, what aren't we all a little perverted in our own way? Oh yeah, I think <laughs> this is. I feel like we could talk about comedy forever. I could talk about comedy forever. Um, oh, uh, but yeah, the perversion. I think. I really try to lean into that. I really, I find when I'm in a situation where if I'm trying a little too hard to be funny, sometimes I'll uh, focus too much on making things too perverse. Um, And then you sort of take a step back and you realize, okay, I'm just adding in sexual perversion things. Like, I mean, it sounds dirtier than it is, but just by saying like dick or balls or something. And trying to make a situation funnier. Um, I think there is a perversion in all of us. And I think it's very funny, but sometimes it can be overdone. Yeah. Um, and just sort of people will overdo it, I think. Oh, definitely. Sure. Most, most definitely, man. Who's your favorite comedian? Well, I, I don't think uh, I could I could give you a list of 100 people that I'm... Give me, give me top five. Top five. Uh, Eric Andre, Rory Scovel, Pete Holmes. Uh there's, I mean, there's so many. You go, just, I mean, those are based on a lot of like podcasts that I listen to, mm-hmm. or Hannibal Burris from uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, uh, fifth one, I mean, I think of people like Louis, like Louis C.K., Bill Burr, and uh, uh, David Tell, and just all these guys who are big. I mean, there's so many people, and it's. Well, I think what I like the most about it, and what I, what really has attracted me to podcasting is that I really enjoy just listening to people's stories. So I like, I'll watch stand-up even if it's really not super like punchlines and like making me laugh every 30 seconds. Just like hearing about somebody's perspective and their point of view and their way of life uh, is something that I just really enjoy. Yeah. We most so. certainly all have different, right. different and that's, perspectives. That's, that's nice about it. Which is, you know, 
I find I find that I, I perceive the world a lot differently mm-hmm. than most people. Mm-hmm. It was pretty evident this Fourth of July weekend mm-hmm. um, when my hometown had. Okay, so where is that? It's it's Canby. Okay, Ooh, okay, yeah, Canby, yeah. Oregon. Um, they had a uh, a float parade that that it was a had a Confederate flag and and I and I I love whatever you do whatever right. makes you happy right. we live in a free society I will always right. state yeah. that that's my personal yeah. opinion but I do find it ironic and kind of funny maybe not maybe ironic is the wrong yeah. word but I find it funny because we're in the West we're not in the South this right. isn't part of our cultural yeah. heritage I believe Oregon was a territory it wasn't even part of the United States right. during the Civil War. Or wait, I don't, did, we I don't, our, I, did we get our statehood in 1859? Couldn't tell. Yeah. No, <laughs> We're sitting here in this the big academic building. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but um, regardless. Right. <clears throat> um, that was just sort of, I thought that was kind of yeah. weird that that would be the message of that of a town in Oregon. Right, that, and to have that even in the 1800s would be less questionable. To have it now, 2016 especially when there's been so much controversy circling that flag mm. and that image, to have that seems a little odd to me. Well, it's what what's I find strange about it is is that that side, that idea was squashed out by military force. Okay? Uh, yeah, you can right. kill an idea with military force. It's right. been proven before. Look at Nazi Germany. That mm-hmm. was destroyed by military force. I mean, I guess the idea persists, but the domination right. of it, of a country, right, yeah. it's over. Yeah, A lot of people had to die for that. But this, this isn't the same for the Civil War. Th- mm-hmm. This idea, this flag, this symbol, I, I, don't, think, I don't think nowadays it, it stands for f- slavery. I think it's almost like a, a cultural identity if you will mm-hmm. of rednecks so, right quote, yeah unquote, and there's, there's or... a lot more of that in oregon than i think people notice yeah. um i think there's so much of the populace is centered around areas like portland and even eugene and stuff like that but there's so much farming town in between most of that that uh i've heard that there, I mean, there's been large amount of like kkk stuff that a couple hundred hundred years ago in Oregon it was a pretty uh, oh this was a huge place. this was a huge state for the Klan right I think it was ran like essentially ran by mm, the Klan yeah so that's point. and you have Idaho our neighbors to the east there's mm-hmm. a, a heavy Ku Klux Klan uh, white or what is it the uh, uh, not the not like not not Nazis. There's Nazis there, but right, um, like neo Nazis. There's another white power. There's, there's another term. Or right. Another, I don't even know. Yeah. I can't remember. Dude, I really want to interview a white supremacist. Though. I think it would be, it'd be an if interesting. They, if I get him to sit down with his brother, I would love to talk to them. Right. Because, for one, um, have you ever seen the documentary Leif? Ooh, that sounds. Wait, is that it's, about? It's about the the white supremacists that tried to buy a town. Or yeah, I actually just do. watched that like a couple months ago. Was that not the most fantastic documentary? That was very well done. I, it, it was so interesting. It was incredibly see. well done. So I I love to entertain any idea. Mm-hmm. I think that that's that's the whoa. Oh, that was weird. Okay. <laughs> I thought we had a little, although we had some technical difficulties. Yeah. But I love to entertain any ideas that even even though they might be or they might not be conducive to what I, I right. believe. So I went ahead and I, I just looked at what this crazy white supremacist right. dude was trying to do. He basically just wanted a place to congregate and just hate people, which, whatever, man. Like I say, I believe in a free society, good right. or bad. Like, you should be able to do whatever you want. I know that that's not the, the most feasible idea. It's just it's right. a poor belief of mine. Yeah. Uh, people people should do whatever they want as mm-hmm. long as it doesn't negatively affect yeah. anyone else. In my opinion. But that's where it starts to cross yes. some boundaries. Well, the problem is reciprocity. These guys are sitting there, the one brother in the town, mm-hmm. they're you know calling him demeaning things like boy and just right. kind of being assholes. Right. right. Now, what if they were respectful of other people? Like mm-hmm. and and just they just wanted this little white hub, whatever. Right. Like Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think about, but let's just think about it. Like I, I, I believe that I mean, not that I'm okay with this. Mm-hmm. Who would want to live next to a white supremacist? Yeah. Like, I don't think very many people do. Only other white but, supremacists. But at the same time, they just wanted to be left alone. They just wanted to be out of society. This is a population like 20, I don't know how many people. Yeah, very small anyone there. 
and they would I mean whatever I think it's yeah. but I I didn't I didn't necessarily side with the dude but right. I I did understand what he was trying to say I just want to be left alone I just right. don't want to yeah. bother anyone the problem with his messages you can be alone but like when you start influencing people to kill other people and you have guns mm-hmm. and you're kind of being a dick most yeah. of the time who's going to want to take your side who's going to want to advocate for you besides yeah. these crazy people I find that I also think like I, I mean I don't. This is crazy, mm-hmm. but I'm just gonna say it. Heck, you know, I, I have a tough time, and I've experienced you know racism and whatnot. But I don't think I think the majority of racism or whatever either is fear, or it comes from having a lack of interaction with someone from said races or mm-hmm. all the races you've been. You've just adopted the media's narrative of right. what oh, yeah. races are. And I think that once you interact with people um, of another race mm-hmm. and you see that they're just like you, I think that a lot of your fear will be shed. Or, uh, you know, on the other hand, if you've had an interaction with one or two mm-hmm. and they scare the shit out of you, beat right. you up, then you're going to have also another right. you're going to have prejudice. That, a gonna prejudice exactly. Right. And it's up to you to correct that. Maybe some people aren't smart enough to correct that, but as I mean like as I do not get riled up over anyone being racist towards me because I I really just I feel sorry. And not only that, I'm not going to let someone have power over me. Like no matter right. what they say to me, I know that I'm going to still love you because you're right. human and I love yeah. all people just, even hey, if you don't love me. I'm, you know, I'm gonna love you, and nothing you can say mm-hmm. to me is going to change my view of you. Right. I'm gonna take the high road, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, I've read countless accounts of, uh, of of people in the South, preachers in particular, that took down the the KKK by just love. Yeah. And another guy that befriended, uh, he used to hang out at Klan's rally. He has mm-hmm. a like. This, I can't think of his name. He's fascinating. He was a musician. And he got 14 people to leave the Ku Klux Klan because he interacted with them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. one guy was a, is a grand drag, the grand yeah. dragon master, whatever, of, of Maryland. And they're still friends. He invited him to his wedding. Wow. This black guy invited this dude yeah. to his wedding. And uh, we need a third person. We could look this dude <laughs> up. Um, but um, he ended up um, saying, like, hey, well, you know, if we're going to get this, this, right. this is mine. Per impersonation of the, the Klansman. If we're going to get some kind of movement going on, there's got to be a dialogue somewhere. Right. I was like, well, yeah, like you got all these, I hate you, I'm not going to talk to you, blah, 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 blah. Well, how are you going to get anything done besides exactly. killing? Like, how, like, that's the first question I would ask right. this white supremacist is what, what do you, like, what is your objective and how are you going to get there? In terms of, uh, what do you mean? Oh, oh for the races. For the like, uh, like, what is your objection of? How are you gonna make this nation white? <laughs> right, <laughs> make yeah, it white exactly. again. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's it's a difficult. It's. I mean, we're not gonna take completely take care of the issue of race right here, yeah. right now. But um, and for anybody who doesn't know, I'm a white guy. So uh, just throwing that out there, a little preface for anybody. Um, but I think it's it's very difficult because so much of the country seems to be our country specifically, and I mean other countries of course, but I can only talk from being living in the yeah. U.S. There are those radical racists, and they're they have rallies, and they're I don't I mean I can't understand entirely why they want. They I mean maybe it's just the way they've been conditioned, the way they've been taught. To sort of, and I mean, it makes sense. They're fearful. They don't understand this other group of people. They think that based on all these different things that they've been told their entire lives about why these people are different and the cultural stereotypes that are true uh, because they are stereotypes, you know, um, I think that it, I guess I'm trying to get back to the original question of the objective. Um, I feel like their objective almost is more just to be there to hate because if if everyone left if let's say you you had a white American entirely Caucasian which I mean most Caucasians are a blend of m- a multiple yeah. European nationalities uh, you had an entirely white state or an entirely white nation I don't really think they're gonna be happy no. I, I think that the real issue that we are dealing with 
when we see people being shot by the police, there's a cultural racism where a majority of the people who don't even think that they identify as racist, regardless of what race they are, like a black person being racist towards other yeah. other races or a white person being racist. That exists as well. There's so much subconscious racism in our society. I mean, I mean, I can, I've noticed how much I can notice it myself in my own subconscious thoughts. Yeah. Um, just being like, I mean, there are not many people of like, uh, like black people on this campus. There's not yeah. that many compared to the amount of white people. So when I see a black person, I notice it like it's yeah. something that you register in your mind. Like mm-hmm. I, we mentioned before the podcast started, uh, I have an adopted black sister. I've known her her entire life. She's uh, four or five years younger than I am, and um, like it, it's just it's interesting to have that experience of living with her because I get to see a little bit more about how many of the stereotypes that we're sort of given in the media given uh just culturally about the different races see what's true what doesn't seem to be true what seems to be more of a learned stereotype because if if the stereotype is learned like say that i mean like i'm trying to think of an example of what someone would say that um someone who black who's black naturally is going to do because they're black if that thing is learned then it's not really a racial thing. It's a cultural thing. Yeah, exactly. I think so much of our society... I mean, I know I've got white friends who will say things that they don't realize are racist um, so often, and I'm just as guilty as they are, but it seems like at least I'm trying to make an effort to notice these things and at least stop them. So I I think that's one of the larger issues. I think when you talk about those radicals like in the documentary life, I don't, I think their objective is just to have someone to hate. I don't think they're, I think they can make a big fuss about killing people or scaring people or pushing them away. But I don't think they're really ever going to be happy making hate the thing that is fueling so much of their existence. I also think that it's a, it's a, it's almost a tribal Mm -hmm. um, conglomeration as well, because Everyone, like, there's two sides. Like, there's, like, most people hate them, and they hate most people. Um, and th- this this hate, this mutual hatred, this brings these, this group, the, the white supremacists, mm-hmm. it brings them closer together, okay? Right. And then you also, I mean, in that documentary, it was great to see the opposition side, because mm-hmm. the opposition side, which is the side you and I'd be on, right. they, were, they were dealing with it with hatred as well. Yeah. They were matching hate with hate. Right. And that... Is not okay. Who's going to be the bigger person? Who's yeah. going to? I just don't think that because I mean you're never going to change anyone's mind mm-hmm. if you're a dick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just not. Mm-hmm. You're. They're only going to be more. They're only going to to be more steadfast in their right. resolve yeah. to to get what they want. And I think you can see that in so many just regular discussions. Oh. So many discussions about whatever topic. I've noticed a lot of people, especially more of my friends who can be more competitive or more ego-centric with mm-hmm. their ideals, um, they're not willing to go in and learn from a situation. Something you mentioned on the uh, the little z- episode zero yeah. of this podcast was that you are reserving the right to change your opinion at any time. So many people I notice, just based on my experiences go into any dialogue with their idea and no matter what they're going to try to present their idea and they're not willing to hear the other side and change their perspective so i think like you said hate going against hate it's just two people with opinions yelling at each other nobody's really trying to listen and learn uh and discover something new that they might not have originally uh considered yeah yeah that's that is a that's a big deal. Yeah, I think it, yeah. we all. That's something. I definitely, even though I'm very mm-hmm. conscious about this, it's something that I struggle with. Oh yeah, immensely. I think we're all guilty of something. Uh, like, like I was saying this weekend, you know, I just got into a little argument about the mm-hmm. war on drugs and how I right. think it's ludicrous to lock people and blah blah blah. Oh blah, yeah, let's save that for another day. We got yeah. a lot of stuff to cover. But yeah, exactly. 
I it was really hard for me to hear someone that didn't agree with me, and I had to yeah. listen to them. I just feel mm-hmm. in my heart of heart, and I yeah. had to listen, had to be respectful, had yeah. to you know try not to raise my voice, you, yeah, try to discourse that. and hear them out. But I just couldn't help. The one thing I kept going back to was, "Good sir, mm-hmm. we've tried the war on drugs, and what is it doing? Yeah. If you look at the data, you look who it's affected. You look, you look at." Like who's in jail? What like these white black doesn't matter. These poor yeah. people, that poor are, people, yeah, that are trying to make a living, yeah, and trying to survive in mm-hmm. essence um, by doing something illegal. Uh, and you're gonna lock them in a cage, yeah. Or you're gonna lock a drug addict in a cage instead of treating him. It's cheaper to, for treatment. Right. We have examples, yeah. of other nations that have decriminalized drugs mm-hmm. and. Things have gotten better for them. Right, yeah. Why aren't we learning from these other examples? Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things like that, specifically war on drugs, uh, where it's like, okay, there's an issue. All of the solutions we seem to be trying aren't helping. It seems like we have these other options. How come we're not switching over? It seems to be a pretty common pattern in a lot of the issues that we're facing. Um, I guess everyone feels that way with their own opinion, regardless of where those opinions differ. Um, but he, I think it points to the fact that there's probably there's resistance to change because the people there are a group of people who are probably benefiting from the change yeah. or from not having the change occur. Um, I think it it deals with it deals with race for sure, um, and it also deals with the issue of class. Uh, oh, yeah. Like you said, so many people who are just like poor people end up more often in jail. Uh, from things like drug-related crimes, things especially with marijuana, uh, just having that as a federally legal substance. I personally can attest to this. Um, I guess I feel I'm fine sharing this. I share this with friends pretty Mm. often. Um, But when I was uh, 16, I, long story short, um, I was, I had over an ounce of marijuana on me, um, and I got uh, busted with some friends uh, near this L- old closed down elementary school. And because I had over an ounce of marijuana on me, um, I was charged with technically not charged, but would have received the charge of a class B felony. And you wouldn't have been able to vote. I wouldn't have been able to. If I had been 18, I would have one, not been able to vote. I would have gone to jail immediately for however long they would have let me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a white kid from an upper middle class background and going into the year and a half process that it took me to get the charges dropped, um, it was very clear to me that they were aware of my parents' financial standings roughly and my my grades and the fact that I was pretty much just a, a shitty little white kid with a lot of weed who thought he was cooler than he was and um, (laughs) yeah exactly so they and they said that i was in uh, what they called like good standings as to not be a repeat offender and because of that they gave me uh, a conditional postponement which is where they postpone the charges for a year and then they have a certain set of conditions that you have to uh follow and then if you can follow all of those with a probation officer for 12 months um then then they'll they'll just drop the charges and that's what's happened that's what happened for me it was an awful year and a half i i'd say i learned a little bit about the way my actions can affect people like my family i definitely learned that about being smarter with the things that i do and say and how that can can affect the people closest to me um but a majority of it was frustration feeling powerless feeling um angry at the fact that i was having a hard time but i was essentially getting off a thousand times easier than all the other people that i was seeing whenever i would go see my probation officer because i'm this upper middle class white kid who obviously just made some bad decisions and now they're holding this over my head every time i go and meet with this guy um and it was just a very frustrating experience because especially since it had been about a year that i had been smoking weed at the time Mm -hmm. Um, and my grades had gone up slightly. I found that when I smoke weed, I'm more inquisitive. 
I don't want to try to justify this, yeah. you know, and I don't want to try to make it seem cooler than it is. It's just smoking weed. But um, it didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong. Yeah. And for a year and a half, I was having all kinds of adults telling me over and over that I had done these wrong things, that I was guilty, and that I was essentially had been a bad person. Um, and I thought that that was just a very frustrating experience and was very scary to see where I might end up if I hadn't had the resources that I was lucky enough to have. That is bizarre. One, one bad decision could ruin your life. Like oh, I yeah. had a friend that got a, one of my best friends got a DUI mm-hmm. and had his family not been, you know, upper mm-hmm. middle class, he would have been effed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just like, I mean, it would have, and I, and I spoke with his dad about it. He mm-hmm. was just like, I mean, honestly, this is this is the type of thing that can ruin your life. Oh yeah, like, for sure. Three thirty-five hundred, ten grand, something like that for a DUI. It's it's no oh, joke. Yeah. And <clears throat> it's it's interesting. I, I, that's the one issue I find with ours is we love locking people in cages. Mm-hmm. We got and the largest was it like prison, largest prison population in the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we love locking people in cages, and, and our sense of punishment towards people um it's it's kind of just disheartening man Mm -hmm. like everyone is so keen on punishment and and i don't what happened to compassion i mean suppose this is what gets me Mm -hmm. okay so the the judeo people from the judeo christian school that are ultra conservative they are so generally generalization right yeah so rob rush apt to you know, oh, he should have done it. You shouldn't yeah. have done it without ever considering the other person's circumstances right. and what empathy. Empathy. Just there's, basic, a lack, there's a lack of a lot of basic empathy. Um, there's a huge lack of empathy yeah. in today's society. And I, yeah, I was talking to. Uh, oh, okay. I think okay, cool. Oh, there we go. Take a little bathroom. Break. Yeah, yeah. But we were talking about empathy. The lack of empathy. Yeah. Um. And I was I was just gonna mention um something that I. I hadn't really thought about I guess I'd been thinking about it but I hadn't put it into these terms um, was I guess they've done I don't know who they is but uh, there's been studies more recently done on how within the last 30 40 years and even longer than that there's been a lot more emphasis for children on developing self-esteem as opposed to self-compassion mm-hmm. um, and even compassion for others I think you have to you have to be more compassionate you have to learn to be compassionate towards yourself before you realize how to start being compassionate for other people. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I think so because you, I think you have to love yourself in order yeah. to love someone and else, and that can be a very difficult thing, especially. Uh, well, I was just going to get into consumerism and things like that. Well, go ahead, dude. Let's go. But, um, but just to keep on the track that we're already going, uh, self-esteem versus self-compassion. So much uh, emphasis on self-esteem and trying to build up sort of your sense of self build up your achievements and i think that results in uh, a culture and a society where at least based on what i can see with all a lot of the young people that i interact with especially around campus or uh, at home um, is that people are constantly feeling judged and constantly judging others almost because they feel like oh everyone else is judging me i can start to judge other people um, and there, it, it's judging sort of on every level. It's like, oh, what are these person's grades? What are these person's athletic abilities? What are these person's, how do they look? How do I look in comparison to them? How do I compare to, and you're comparing yourself to everybody. Um, and then trying to develop your sense of self-love based on that is going to be very, very difficult, near impossible. Um, cause nobody's going to be able to be perfect at everything. Nobody's going to have everything that they can don't you think hold it's over other funny people? that school expects you to be perfect at every subject that I, is the one thing i hated about school mm-hmm. like you're supposed to or you got to get an a to get an a right. you do you're doing excellent but yeah how that how are you really why, learning yeah you know? why are, are you, you going supposed the steps to or? get like why are you supposed to be proficient at everything yeah. i mean there's a ton of things i'm mm-hmm. deficient but oh, i mean yeah. you know that's why i'm not an honor roll student right, i was right. an honor student because i just didn't care I think that, yeah, I'm, and... It was liberating. Yeah, it's hard because I think that's true very much for school. I find I'm in the same boat where I don't really let school stress me out uh, that much. It's just sort of one thing that 
as, as much as I kind of wish it did sort of stress me out because then I'd be more uh, more likely to try harder. I'm very okay getting a high C, low B if that means that I can put in the amount of work that I'm comfortable with. That, But that's true for school. For a lot of other things in my life, there, I mean, it's very hard for me to feel like I'm second best or like there's, there are other things that I feel like I need to be the best at and a lot of the times I think that causes me a lot of strife mm-hmm. in my life instead of being like okay I can be happy with who I am yeah I'm more often comparing myself to other people whether it's thinking that I'm better than other people subconsciously or thinking that I'm less than other people subconsciously um, and just sort of making that value of other people based on one little thing that I might care about they might not even care about that I think there's just so much variance in humans um, and I think that variance that very I'm trying to think how to phrase it really but I know what you're saying man we're all so variable yeah and so the idea of self-esteem and constantly comparing yourself to other people is ludicrous exactly one thing we have in common is the fact that we're all human and we're all One. extremely emotionally complex and we're all extremely variant and uh, I think less people n- less people um, are focused on that and they're more focused on what those differences are like we were talking about with race finding those differences and then trying to justify why those differences make yeah. you you and them them when yeah. really we're all just people and we're all gonna die in it's, that's that's really kind of what just yeah, you hit the nail right. Cuts, we cuts are right all it. going to die. Yeah, no matter what, um, you can take that mm-hmm. that bit of knowledge and twist it and make it. Oh, I'm going to do yeah. whatever I want without any regard for yeah. anybody's feelings. I'm going to eat whatever I want. Yeah. And I'm going to do that, and then you're going to be, you know, what morbidly obese or you, you have <laughs> right. diabetes. Yeah, and then, you know, because health health truly is a real wealth. But that's, a, that's mm-hmm. a, right. But. I, when I really thought about, like, we are all going to die, mm-hmm. I wanted, you know, I wanted to accomplish so many things, and I wanted to make so much money, and I still do, right. but, <laughs> you know, I'm not perfect, but um, <clears throat> I really was like, what what can I do to make the world a better place than right. when I leave it? And it sounds yeah. idealistic and stupid, but I really, I wanted to live... I've always wanted to live a different life. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want to be an accountant. Someone's mm-hmm. got to do that mm-hmm. job, but that's yeah. not for me. Um, I mean, I'm not passionate about it. But mm-hmm. like, that's really that right there. Like, I'm gonna die, and I want to. I want to. I want a podcast. Yeah, damn it. Like, exactly. I want to do that. Yeah, and that's that's the sort of the perspective I've been thinking about when I talk about wanting to pursue something in comedy. Right now, my major is nutrition. Yeah. One of the reasons that. Uh, I like it so much is that it feels like even if I never get a job in the field of nutrition, I can still apply everything that I'm learning to my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it feels kind of like a kind of like a gimmick to be here studying nutrition because my passions lie elsewhere. They don't lie with the field that I'm mm-hmm. put, putting money into. Um, I'm still getting some reward out of it. Um, and one of the things that really was sort of a a moment where I realized that I didn't want to go through those sort of what a like a molded idea of an of adulthood was I, I I'm pretty much I'm wearing shorts socks sandals a weird colored button up and a t-shirt I didn't I never really want to dress like an adult ever I, I was thinking about this when I saw one of my TAs He's wearing heavy jeans, a long sleeve button up shirt, and brown leather loafers every day. It's like 85 degrees outside. He's walking to class. I'm sitting there in a t shirt and shorts, and I'm profusely sweating. Just like, all. Yeah, and I'm like, how is this guy doing this? I don't think I can do this every single day if I'm an adult and if that's what's required from me to seem professional and be in a professional atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, that's dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I that man, I'm trying mm-hmm. to put the words together, but 
Yes. Yeah. I want to be able to do whatever, whatever the want. fuck I want yeah. to do. Like, there's a, that's why I've always wanted to be incredibly wealthy. I right. Be, be your own do, boss. Yeah. Like, don't no one tells me what to do. I do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And or you know, I've had I've had bosses in the mm-hmm. past. I'm not gonna mention any names. <laughs> but uh, this this was uh, when I was in college. Just I had a student uh, student job. At the, mm-hmm. the uh, I'm not even gonna tell this <laughs> right, the place right. that I worked at. But um, I had a guy, a supervisor. He was, uh, um, I, don't, I don't even know what his title would have been. Right. But he would come in on his days off. Wow. Right? And check yeah. up on us. He was a student. Like, he's making like a dollar more an hour than me. But he yeah. was such a sensitive. And I was like, what yeah. if? And I've had other, you know, other experiences like that. And 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 honestly, I was a horrible mm-hmm. employee because I yeah. just didn't give a shit. Yeah, I, I I realize I have to do something in this life that I'm yeah. I'm passionate about. Yeah. And what if I want to wear sweats? Mm-hmm. What if I want to wear you know shorts? Or yeah. Why do I have to wear a suit to be? T- look at Mark Zuckerberg. What right. how does it, look at Steve Jobs? Look at how all these people dress. These are the alphas of titans of industry. Yeah. And they do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Why can't it be like that? For the rest of us, you look at yeah. anyone that has, um, maybe with the exceptions of, uh, I would say Warren Buffett, but anyone that has, you know, that sort of power yeah. over society that's driving industry, mm-hmm. they do what yeah, they I mean, please. Yeah, and I mean, those are sort of like, those are the kingpins of uh, what we're talking about. But, and I mean, I don't want to slander anyone, or not slander, but slander the idea that anyone might because there are hundreds of thousands of people who either want to go into a field where they can be professional and dress up and have to have that sort of necessary status like mm-hmm. i mean like you said you want everybody to do what they want as long as it doesn't infringe on anyone else's happiness i'm only saying like that's something for that, you yeah personally. for me personally totally understand that's that. just not what yeah. i'm interested in and then also the people who don't they are they barely have the resources to get a professional job, let alone have the resources to try and follow something they might be passionate about to be able to support themselves doing that. So I don't want to make anyone feel bad about themselves or bad about the things that they like. I'm just sharing your personal, my experience. personal experience and my personal values everyone's, at this point. Yeah, everyone's Who knows where I'll be in five years. Yeah, dude. You might be homeless. Yeah. Like me. Yeah, yeah, in the truck <laughs> by choice. Yeah, but seriously though, it's been it's been weird. Yeah, yeah, it's been kind of cool, like not having just kind of sort of floating around, doing whatever I want to do. Just, um, yeah. So it's, it's nice going to bed looking at the stars every night. So yeah, so you're living in your truck in the back, yeah. And so did you like you put like a mattress or like a sleeping bag just in there? Got a little foam pad, a little now. foam pad. Yeah. That's all you need. Go to the gym, work out. Yeah, just as my you know, gotta enjoy the last months of freedom before. Yeah. I have to get some sort of a semblance of a career right, for exactly. a minute. Yeah, while I still podcast. You know, fund your passions. You gotta fund my passion. Yeah, and even if this—that's a great thing. Even if this doesn't take off, which I truly believe, with the support of my loyal cohort, mm-hmm. I love doing this. Yeah, I really think it—it's a—it's a—it's a way of of expressing myself and my ideas and if I can help one person you know break the mold or if my words help anyone in any sort mm-hmm. of way I've done my job and that's, yeah I don't need the paycheck for that yeah but I really just really enjoy this I mean yeah and that that becomes the thing of you don't need the paycheck but to be able to like if this was like if you were able to support yourself purely based on this podcast let's say mm-hmm. hypothetically that that's kind of the goal of being like okay this is the the only thing i have to worry about day to day is really making this thing that i'm passionate about mm-hmm. sort of helping that thing thrive yeah um and so i think right like i talk about things like comedy being interested in that i it's not that i'm not going to probably end up having to follow some sort of p- professional path at least make use of the degree that I'm gonna tr- I'm trying to get mm-hmm. somewhat. Um, the comedy can be a side passion, but the goal really it always is for a lot of people in, in our position where we're trying to get somewhere, like very early stages of a passion, um, is just to be able to support yourself and really like put most of your time and effort into that passion. I think yeah. that's really uh, 
Yeah, that's that's, that's really the kind of the, the starting goal. Well, you know, yeah, th- this is this honestly, I'm learning a lot about like so myself and with through this podcast and like trying to get people to interview like that's like I look at it I look at it like I'm in a unique opportunity like I'm not mm-hmm. I can't be a Joe Rogan I can't be right. a, a Tim Ferriss I, I I have to operate within what's around me and right. who's around me like right now I'm in yeah. Corvallis which is a good place to be there's a lot of yeah. college students and whatnot and a lot of professors that I you know I've been in contact with but I'm not I had I had, I had to to come to the realization, like I'm not going to be able to get some world-renowned person at mm-hmm. first, but then I got this sort of a crazy feeling. I was like, the more people I know and, and can talk to, maybe you, you look at. Let's see, let's. I'll just use Joe Rogan mm-hmm. as an example. He has this plethora of people that are on the same level as him. What if I'm able to help these people? Are able to help me rise, mm-hmm. and I'm able to help them rise to where right. we're at a point where we are. Um, people are going to listen to what mm-hmm. we have to say. Like yeah. there, you know, you graduate, or you know, when you that's done soon, or I have a friend that's a, yeah. a, a woodworker, and he just does fantastic art. He's a uh, a weightlifter. He's massive. He's yeah. you know owns I think a, maybe a national record, and I know several state records. And he'll wow. be on the podcast. Chris will be on the podcast nice. later. I have another friend that's also an aspiring yeah. comedian. What if you guys get famous? Yeah, right. You're your guests on the show. You have your own podcast. I go on there. I have, right. you know, this Infinity Break Media. Yeah. Shout out to them. Yeah. Uh, that's something that uh, we're in this together. We uh-huh. are trying to actively right now, for better or for worse, we are chasing down our dreams. Mm-hmm. And whether it ends in failure or success, it really doesn't matter. It's the process. And being in the moment and just understanding that, like, whether you know I'm getting paid or not, it's not a matter. Mm-hmm. I'm doing something that I enjoy doing, and I have this ridiculous goal mm-hmm. that I'm trying to get to. Yeah, or, you know, I'm trying to get notor. Maybe I don't know if I would say you know screw it, notoriety or right. You know, just an audience. I want right. an audience. I want people to because I mean it's what, validation of yeah, the thing yeah. that you like. It's, it's the thing that you're passionate about. Having that fame, quote unquote, that that audience is. I mean, that's proof that there's a larger group of people who in some form or another are supporting this thing that you're so passionate about and that's extremely validating exactly. that's and, kind of and just the, the the opportunity to be able to have conversations mm-hmm. with people that are so much smarter than me right yeah <laughs> and i can learn from and 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 uh you know it'll widen my perspective mm-hmm. and it'll teach me things about myself that i didn't know yeah i just can't like that is why i do this and that's yeah. why I you know I believe everything happens for a reason as mm-hmm. cliche and ridiculous as that sounds. Right. I, I've found that that saying has served mm-hmm. me quite well in my life. Yeah. Um, but I did. I mean, it also has served me not well. Allegedly, last <laughs> few days ago, I had a conversation with a crazy person. Mm-hmm. That was probably one of the strangest experiences I've had in a while. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm not drinking for a year, but I, I like okay. I was taking my friend around. Yeah. Tyler and, and um, <clears throat> we we went had some tacos and we went to a bar and we we're just sitting around shooting pool and yeah. just having a good night. It's a mellow night. And this one guy is just being kinda of, he's belligerently right. tanked. And um, we end up allegedly Smoking a J, right? And allegedly, allegedly, yeah. yeah. And um, <clears throat> this guy is starts talking about his family being in the Illuminati, right? And how this town's full of Nazis. Wow. And this is when I like red flag one of. He's yeah. like, "Oh, hey man, um, so I've been I'm supposed to be the leader of the New World Order, and I've been talking to Barack Obama and." <laughs> some other people in my head I was like oh what telepathically bro no like, way okay alright yeah uh, flag, man like, yeah. so not all conversations are conducive to uh, right. growth and <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, I mean you can even take something from that well, I just, definitely, it definitely yeah. took a little bit from it he was entertaining as hell yeah Listen yeah to for sure spout off but. yeah I think uh, it's it's pretty crazy just to see um, I think uh, I don't. I know. I'm trying to say this in the least offensive way, because I mean, there's so many people who suffer from things like mental illness, yeah. uh, in so many different varying capacities. We all have our own issues, and to the degree that those 
um, interfere with our lives, can vary from person to person. But to see some of those, when you really interact with somebody who entertains certain delusions like pretty seriously in their life can be a pretty eye-opening experience. It is. And I think, I mean, I think it just shows, um, I think it just gives us a little look into the mirror of how delusional are most of us being about certain things that we believe. Like maybe, I mean, this guy believes that he's talking to Barack Obama telepathically through his head. What, who are we to say? Like, what about the delusions of the radical neo-Nazis that we were talking about in the beginning of this? Radical Islam or radical, radical, radical vegan, radical anything. Yeah. Fundamental Christian. Anytime you're forcing anything onto anybody else, any evangelicalism. Any, any, any ism. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, but you know, I think the funnest part of that conversation was entertaining the idea of what if, what if he's not pulling mm-hmm. my leg? Right. He's being serious. Yeah. Not that I subscribe to that, but right. I always, it's always, I personally think it's more fun to give people the benefit of the doubt and entertain I, things. I would 100% uh, second that. I agree with that. You know what, though? This is a tradition I'm going to try and start on this podcast. Do you believe in Bigfoot? <sighs> See, hmm. we went there. <laughs> Bigfoot and aliens, man. Two yeah. of my favorite See, here's the thing. Aliens, I would say that I, w- I am a believer that, I mean, if you just look at the vast insanity that is the universe, that is existence and reality and, like, plan. If you watch an episode of Cosmos and you're just, like, your mind is blown. You smoke yeah. a little weed, you don't know, you know. Allegedly. No. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, I mean, I think... There's too much vastness. There's too much insanity in the universe for there not to be uh, aliens. A Bigfoot on our planet, maybe? It just seems like, especially with the population of humans and just how many people there are everywhere, it's fun to think maybe. But I think, I just, I, I mean, I don't know. There's, I I can't say no. You can't. You can't. Oh, that's fair. That's, right. that's, that's how I'm, I yeah. am. Like, I can I'm never like, say no to anything it, like that. It existed. But... Giant, gigantic, epithecus. Right. Yeah. It's a giant ape that existed in the, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Have. You need that third person. Right. <clears throat> yeah. But, um, I just, life's more fun believing in big Exactly. Yeah. Not the Loch Ness Monster, it's though. more fun to say I'm yes. I'm not a Loch Ness Monster guy. I don't okay. know why. Yeah. I just can't. I can't, <laughs> I can't get yeah. done. But, I, you know, I was just, I was looking in, uh, looking at something the other day mm-hmm. there's a they just found a giant five foot long ecuadorian earthworm dude wow that's crazy no, i mean yeah they discover no. especially in like the uh the rainforest in like south central america yeah. they discover uh, an insanely vast amount of new species at a very frequent rate so i mean i guess that's the part of me and there's so many different arguments that i can make as for sure bigfoot could be a thing i don't really think it would impact any of our lives um if it were it'd be it'd be it would turn into like an internet meme it would be on the news for a couple months maybe things like aliens that's a really big worm isn't wow that, isn't that absolutely wow. nuts they just found this oh my they goodness. just found this like in and, and like that ex- that that's what is, insanity. You know, That's you think a about it. Point. Is it is? You think about, um, you think about what's in the sea. What what did they say? Oh yeah. I don't know who's they again, but yeah, for some yeah. reason the big they. We've only what explored ten percent of the sea. Yeah, they. Right? I mean, so we don't one have thing. anything. We don't know. But what the hell's like that freaked me out. That's what's a below big worm. Us? What's yeah. below us? Exactly. Can anything live down there? Like I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so I think there's so much. I think that's what's so cool um, in terms of it's cool and it's scary when you think about the future where you're already talking about facing our own mortality but what about the mortality of the human race you know the mortality of uh, like just like so many people that I talk to are either in the party of ah we're fine or oh we're gonna die pretty soon and we're 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 messing things up humans are doomed um and i think a lot of the things that i hear that give me hope are those ideas of the way technology is advancing insanely so maybe there are those crazy other life forms that we have yet to discover in our earth or outside of it um but i think just the way that we're advancing so 
quickly with technology is going to be the one thing that really either saves us or destroys us and perhaps those new discoveries are the things that are going to help us progress forward well yeah there's more trees now in the united states than there were in i think the 1800s really no joke look that up man it's crazy there's also uh there's a machine that is designed to pick up trash from the Mm -hmm. seas and i i believe that the economy should hopefully in our lifetime will shift from a consumer that this consumer-based economy to an economy that is based on the cleanup of the destruction that we've done to the planet right with machines like that or or, yeah. or, or companies that are cleaning up environmental mm-hmm. waste and transforming things yeah. and, and uh, i mean terence mckenna said are we designed to be <clears throat> the gardeners and the caretakers of this earth mm-hmm. or is the earth like an egg and we are meant to break it and spread our seed throughout the universe like because even if we destroy the earth we would have to build ships giant ships to transport life bring life forms and plant and farm these Mm -hmm. would be massive endeavors so we'd be essentially carrying parts of the earth with us to a new destination right and when you look at when you look at the planet in that in that context mm-hmm. as just a giant cell that's been growing and now right. finally it's reached its maturity the pinnacle of evolution yeah. us and now we're going or does our destiny to go and that's right. an interesting thought i think I love that's that like, idea yeah. i hope that's not what happened uh, we won't mm-hmm. be aligned for that if it does happen yeah and i mean obviously we have to evolve mm-hmm. and instead of seeing you know yeah. them and right. we have to be us you are me that type of yeah. idea so we could explore space together which i mean also makes me mm-hmm. sound like a giant hippie which i am but yeah you know uh yeah something that i think i hear negative things about the idea of like what was that new world order i think i think the premise of the new i mean i could be completely wrong i could be saying the opposite of what it is isn't the idea of the new world order like a unifying it's like a one world government it's like a one world government but it's like a corrupt version but i think the idea of illuminati i think yeah i think yeah i think so many like the ideas of territories and language and culture is a good thing it can be a good thing um and to have uh respect for cultures and pride in your own culture those can be very beneficial things but um, I think that they sometimes can give us different things that we can use to separate each other. And I think the idea of really saving our planet is going to come down to like just having humans be humans. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, the uh, you touched on something I think is interesting earlier. The idea of in, invisible lines mm-hmm. um, just constituting country and 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 yeah. the freeing of tra- when that's a that's a re- on, in the grand scheme of things that is a relatively new invention territory and the territories like yeah and, i mean there i guess as far as owning like land right. ownership yeah. it's relatively new if you think about oh like, yeah when you talk about like someone around. who owns the deed to like yeah. a huge estate like it's just a piece know. of paper what like the only thing that makes is a real thing is the fact that we're all saying it's a real thing. Not only that, but you do you don't even own it. like there there are oil companies that will take the oil beneath you. Yeah, like there's been you know lawsuits like who owns the ground beneath mm. you. If rain falls on your land, it's property of the state of Oregon. Mm. How do, I mean, how can a state own land? Here's another creepy thing. Now I'm just yeah. random facts. Do you know that fifty one percent of the state of Oregon is owned by the federal government? I did not know that. That's crazy. And I wonder if they're how gonna very. Sell- I wonder if they're gonna sell part portions of the land to like China to cover the debt or whatnot. I wonder if like, that's a conspiracy theory. Right. It's something that I've really kind of been looking into mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> because I can't, I just can't trust right. an entity like the government. It's they've definitely never given difficult. Me a reason it doesn't to feel trust like them. they have a ton of people's best interests at heart, mm-hmm. and it's such a. It's. I mean, we. Yeah, I don't. I. I don't want to say anything that might either be construed differently than I intend. I guess I can't stop just, that. Just keep going, man. Um, but oh, I forget exactly where we were going before, but what were you saying just before this? About um, territory. Territory. That's a relatively new invention. Oh, man. I think I lost it. I think, I, I think I, uh, I'm getting all sweaty. Yeah, and it's I lost all cool. It. It's all cool, man. Um, real quickly, though, where do you... 
what are your views on gun control? That seems to be kind mm-hmm. of a hot topic right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, similar to a lot of the things that we were talking about. Um, I personally have never really had experience with firearms, um, whether like using them or anything. I've shot like a shotgun before mm-hmm. at like a shooting range. Besides that, little to no experience. Um, I think that I personally would like to see a system put in place where firearms are controlled much more than they are now Mm -hmm. in hopes to reduce the amount of shootings and the easy, the ability, the, I guess the ease of ability that has sort of allowed people who may have mental health issues or so often do have mental health issues to acquire guns and use them to hurt other people. I would like to see that more regulated. I think a lot of money goes towards the people who make and sell guns and a lot of the, they can buy a lot of lobbyists. They can persuade laws. And I think that's in and of itself, regardless of whether I have the connection to if I, whether regardless of whether I have a gun or not, I am angry at the fact that it seems like the people who are a private organization who's making money is preventing our uh, so-called free government from like passing laws that might help protect the citizens. Yeah, that's irritating. That's infuriating. My interpretation of this debate, and um, so I grew up around guns, and Mm -hmm. I love them. Yeah, but my interpretation is that the the people that are not in favor of gun control if you give the government a window a glimmer into this you lose everything because they have shown time and time again that they cannot be trusted um i do but i also can empathize that uh, I've never been touched by gun violence, and how much gun violence do we hear about that day to um, day. in the media and, yeah. and you know and in impoverished areas and whatnot that it, that's going on? And there's a model in Australia that seems to be working, mm-hmm. and you know I can't I, I haven't I have a friend that has that read um, the CDC's findings on gun violence, mm-hmm. and he's pretty passionate. I should have him on the podcast, yeah. and, <clears throat> but. Um, so that that's been interesting. I, I need to look into that more. Yeah. But I, I think I also want to commend you for having an open mind, also because I think it's very important. Like I don't have a lot of experience. Like I don't right. know because they're they're a lot of fun. They are scary and they yeah. are they, you know they can be dangerous if, mm-hmm. if you're not properly educated. I think that you know maybe education uh, on these things yeah. might be conducive to to uh, getting that message out. Right. There. But. Um, yeah, it's it's complicated, but you know we're we're running a little over. Yeah. But you know, rapid fire, real quick. I just want to ask this because I'm going to try and ask this to all my guests. What is one piece of advice you think you could give me that would improve my life? Oof, man, uh, rapid fire. Um, I think, then this is just based on the one thing that I think I try to do more often than most things is just and you already seem like you're doing a lot of this is just empathy for everybody you know give everybody the benefit of the doubt when you can when you feel like it's possible even seeing someone who does something that is objectively what we might consider objectively wrong still being like okay they did this thing let me try to process what was going through their head that made them feel like this was all right. And try, I mean, I just think empathy for others and empathy for yourself, self-love, that's something that I need to focus on a lot more. I don't, I don't think I give myself enough of that. Um, so I guess the one piece of advice really would just be try to have compassion and love mm-hmm. uh, for everyone and every living thing as much yeah. as you can. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. so. On the on the problem with self love, here's something mm-hmm. that I found um, works for me. Um, I try recently. I kind of made a pact with myself, mm-hmm. like no matter what, yeah. I'm going to help people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help them move. I'm going to help them do anything that right. I can because 
It's Catch-22. Yeah. I'm not perfect. I feel good about myself yeah. when I help people. Yeah. And uh, it makes me feel like I'm a freaking awesome mm-hmm. person. Yeah. I'm so good. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's that's a selfish reason. But still, like, it doesn't matter. There's, there is still a benefit from my actions because it's helping another human yeah. being. I'm not trying to store up karma, although, uh, you know, maybe in the beginning, allegedly, that's what yeah. I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, just I'm trying to live a life of more service of service to my fellow mm-hmm. man and just trying to not get caught up in it waste energy of self yeah. hate and hating others or being angry with people i'm trying to incorpor- incorporate a little bit of meditation prayer That's, whatever like yeah. just sort of trying to be more positive and more mindful, and, more mindful yeah. and producing a lot more positive positivity but man, I want to be respectful of your time. Hey man, this and has been fantastic. No, you'll, you'll, you're gonna come on again. Hey man, so that's sound. That's pretty much it, folks. Again, I just want to thank you guys for listening to this. I really appreciate it. Um, like I said before, we're gonna help one another's dreams come true. I'm still working on getting a <clears throat> an email set up for this, so you guys can uh, contact me and give me suggestions of things to look into and topics. Uh, to become more knowledgeable about, or you know, maybe if you want to be a guest, who knows? It's it's free. I'm interviewing, or you know, you, you never know. Yeah, and uh, can I just uh, my follow me on Twitter at at Scriv Papa S C R I V P A P A. You know, a little oh, there you go, a little you know, plug a little there. plug for myself. You know, I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's all about self promotion, bro. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyways, guys, um, while we're on that note, I actually this little podcast happens to have a Instagram and it is let me get it up here inquisitive minds inquisitive underscore minds underscore one might have to change that (laughs) um, inquisitive minds was taken yeah but go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram and there'll be a picture of me and my buddy Ian on Shortly. I'm going to follow that right now. All right. I love you guys. Peace. This podcast was part of Infinity Break, where we tell stories our own way. If you want to stay in the loop about what we do here at Infinity Break, you can find us on any social media platform at Infinity Break 23. That's Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. If you like what we do here at Infinity Break, check out our other shows, comics, and videos at infinitybreak.net and help spread the word by telling other people about our team. Leave a review on iTunes. The more five-star reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us and share in the infinite madness. Don't forget to check out our store under the Shop tab on our site, and if you're feeling generous, check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash infinitybreak. Your monthly donation can help us improve the quality of this show and develop more shows for your listening and viewing pleasure. Until next time, Infinity Breakers, stay in the loop. This podcast was part of Infinity Break, where we tell stories our own way. If you want to stay in the loop about what we do here at Infinity Break, you can find us on any social media platform at Infinity Break 23. That's Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. If you like what we do here at Infinity Break, check out our other shows, comics, and videos at infinitybreak.net and help spread the word by telling other people about our team. Leave a review on iTunes. The more five-star reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us and share in the infinite madness. Don't forget to check out our store under the Shop tab on our site, and if you're feeling generous, check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash infinity break. Your monthly donation can help us improve the quality of this show and develop more shows for your listening and viewing pleasure. Until next time, Infinity Breakers, stay in the loop.